welcome back to this week's episode of the Duo Draft Podcast. As usual, I am your host, Jack Biddle, along with the man who correctly predicted every single one of the lottery picks tonight, Jacob Wertheimer. The new Waj. Waj 2.0. Yep. What can I say? Here I am. If you don't follow him on Twitter, it's because he doesn't have one. True. I was at Twitter, um, and they told me, they and it was kind of awkward. I got a tour of Twitter. They're like, you know, and they're asking me about Twitter. I was like, I don't have a Twitter. <laughs> and it was kind of like this like awkward glares kind of from everybody I walked by from then on. But, you know, no big yeah, deal. Yeah, no big deal. Not important. Okay. I have Twitter gear, but no Twitter. <laughs> Interesting. Do you wear around the Twitter gear just to piss off the Twitterites? I take it around sometimes. It's nice stuff they gave me. Really nice things. But like, I don't have one. Spill the details. Really? I got, I, they gave me some really nice bags and like... Okay, can't go wrong um, with bag. This thing like you can like put on your phone that like makes your lens like 10 times wider. It's like okay, crazy. Okay. Yeah, they gave me like a bunch of cool stuff. Um, but no Twitter stuff. All right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so things to talk about tonight. Obviously, the NBA lottery just went down an hour ago. Um, so we're going to react to the lottery. The p- p- teams who won and lost fixed, obviously. Um, do you want to do a lottery mock or no? Yeah, I got a lottery right, mock. We'll do a lottery mock. Um, and then we'll go into the NBA playoffs. Uh, some The roundup from the second round series some stuff with the semifinals. And then, because he's always a topic in the news, we're going to talk about Kawhi. All right, so. Alrighty. Lottery. Uh, so the winner of the lottery was the Phoenix Suns, um, mm-hmm. who had the worst record in the league, so that's not surprising. Is that like, is that three or four years in a row that the worst team's gotten the number one pick? Um, did the Nets get it last year? Yeah, they did, right? Last year, yeah. yeah. So, And the year before that, we got, got it. it. And then Philly got it. The Timberwolves got it, too. And the year before that, the Timberwolves got it. So this is four years in a row. Yeah. Impressive. Never happens. Okay, suspicious. Suspicious. It's, it's really it was like a rare occurrence before. Yeah. And now it's like a four-year trend. Yeah. However, it's not a four-year trend that the Sacramento Kings are now a top three lottery team. Um, they got the second pick. Um, and Atlanta ended up at three. Um, okay, so the, obviously the big winner is Phoenix. They won the lottery. They get the number one pick for the first time. Is it in the history mm-hmm. of their franchise? Um, yes, they've never had number one before. Um, so they get a chance to add a de- generational talent along with uh, Devin Booker. Um, Sacramento obviously wins, jumping up five spots. This is the ninth straight. This breaks a trend of nine straight years where they pick in the ranges of five to eight. Wow. The last nine years, they picked five, somewhere in five to eight. Right. Is what I, is what Who somebody told me. And, well, 2009, they picked fourth. Who did they pick fourth? So then 10. Who did they pick fourth in 2009, they picked fourth. I don't. Know. That's what I heard. A uh, Tyreek Evans. Right. Because then, right. Yes. And then you had a Tyreek and Boogie. <laughs> yep. Um, oh man, that franchise! Wow. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, those two teams are obviously the big winners of the lottery. Um, also, the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers for keeping the pick um, because they Screw were in Boston. danger of losing it to the Celtics. Um, okay, big losers. Boston won because they didn't get a top three pick. 
two because that means their pick converts next year with the Sacramento Kings pick, top one protected. And because the Kings now have a top two pick and are in line for either Dayton, Aiton or Doncic, um, they're looking up and could very much very could potentially be a lot better than they were uh, mm-hmm. last year, um, which would hurt Boston's chance of getting a high pick with that with that Kings pick. Um, so they're double losers. Um, Memphis and Dallas both falling out of the top three. Um, they're losers. Uh, I guess Detroit for not winning the lottery, but or getting top three because they have to trade their pick to the Clippers in the Blake Griffin trade. <laughs> um, mm. Which uh, Stan Van Gundy got finally fired after all of this time of screwing over the Detroit Pistons. You finally get your comeuppance by getting fired, um, but not before settling down with that contract. To Jerry West having back-to-back lottery picks. That's true. Um, which was funny to see him pop up on the screen twice in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so uh, looking at all the teams and all the picks, some notables. The Suns have three picks in the first 31, including yep. uh, two in the top 16. They could have had three in the top 17 if Milwaukee had f- slipped below Washington and gotten that eighth seed. Um, yeah, which would have been very interesting because it's it's yeah, it's it literally it's, it's literally predict uh, it's uh, literally protected seventeen through thirty, and they got it and Milwaukee landed at seventeen, so yeah. lucky as hell. Um, Atlanta is picking has also has three picks inside the top thirty has four inside the top thirty three, um, including three and nineteen. Um, the Sixers have a total of six picks, two first rounders and four second rounders. Um, and teams without a first round pick include Houston, Toronto, um, Oklahoma City, New Orleans, um, and Detroit. Oh, Detroit. Yeah. So those were the notable lottery dealings uh, that came out today. Um, Now a little lottery mock. Uh, So number one, Phoenix Suns. Who do you have have the Suns taking? I have them taking Aiton. Yeah, that makes the – it by far makes the most sense. Um, Yeah, I think think if they get at Aiton – you really start to see the pieces come together in Phoenix. Um, you've got you've got uh, Jackson and Booker on the wings, and you finally have Aiton as kind of that presence in the middle. Um, maybe Chris or Bender works out as a power forward. They might both be lost causes. Peyton looked decent at point guard at the end of the year for them, I thought, but who mm-hmm. knows. But regardless, I think with those three, they've got a really strong, solid young core moving forward, especially in the Bender not the Bender, in the Booker and Aiton combination. Yep. Um, who I think should really be terrifying offensively for teams. Yeah, Booker, Aiton will be very interesting. And it will be really interesting to see how uh, Aiton's uh, rim protection translates. Because if he becomes a good rim protector, you have you could potentially have one of the league's best perimeter defenders in Josh Jackson and mm-hmm. rim protectors in DeAndre Aiton to go along yes. with your score in Devin Booker. And you have a very solid franchise Outlook 
on your hands. Yeah, if you're in I Phoenix. think this was this was a really nice turnout for them. Yeah. I thought. Um, so two Sacramento. This should be no contest. It should be Luka Doncic. It's Luka Doncic. Um, I mean, he's arguably the best prospect on the board. You could argue him one. Yep. Maybe he's yep. two. So obviously, he's at least two. So yes. from a talent perspective, you have to take Luka Doncic. Um, from a fit perspective, I think his shooting makes him an interesting complement next to next to Fox. Um, I think, obviously, the Kings, they like their Euros. That's true. Um, and I don't know. I mean, he's. I think it's just the easy pick. You yeah. know, I think if you're the Kings, you just take who's ever left over between those two guys. Yeah, and plus you could, pl- you could conceivably play... Uh, Fox, Buddy, and uh, Luca yes, together, and yeah. play all three yes. at the same time. Because Doncic mm-hmm. is six eight, and he can cover a small forward if you need him to. Because um, mm-hmm. I don't think he'll be great against like super quick, hyper athletic point guards. So it might be better on defense to have a matchup with a small forward anyway. That's why we have Fox. Um, yeah, a, a good, a very good outcome for the Kings getting a top two player mm-hmm. when you had pick seven. So, good start. Um, Atlanta at three. I have Jaron Jackson Jr. I think this is the pick that gets the fans upset, but it's the right pick to make. It's absolutely the right pick. Um, Yeah. Jaron Jackson Jr. is the third best prospect in this draft. Um, We've gushed about him the whole year. His defense, the stats line up, his physical tools, his offensive potential, and the fact that he's the youngest guy in the class. It just all he's comes together really beautifully. He's the youngest player in the entire class, and he's, yeah, he's the mo- arguably one of the most ready. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be 18 in training camp, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, it's basically you're drafting a high school kid in terms of age. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the closest thing that the Hawks have – to a long-term prospect, really, is John Collins. Collins. Um, and I don't think Bagley fits that well next he to doesn't. Collins. Neither of those guys can defend or really protect, can protect the rim, yeah, really. Yeah, so you can, you can in theory, um, play Jackson as a, like a small wall small center kind of thing and get him, get him yeah, under the rim. You can, you can try and put them next to each other, I think. But at number three, that shouldn't even be the concern. No. It's, he's the third best guy on the yep. board. Um, Memphis. I've got Bagley I going here. Um, I think Bagley, at some point, Bagley's production is just so hard to deny. Plus, look at that and front I think, court with Bagley and Marcus Gasol. Yeah, compa- that's with, really the uh, selling point. Mike Conley, that's a, that could potentially like go back to being a playoff team. Granted, yeah, I think they're, the West da- is they're loaded, back in the mix, so I think. Who knows? But yeah, and, because yeah. when you look at Bagley's faults, right? When you say what we need to pair him with to cover up his weaknesses, you need a big man who can stretch the floor and a big man who can protect the rim. Cause those are the two things Bagley's got question marks about. Yep. And that's exactly who Marcus all exactly. is. You've got a former defensive player of the year winner who's really started to really knock down a ton of threes this year. Um, and he can pass the hell out of the ball for all of Bagley's cuts around the rim uh-huh. and things like that. I think those two are a perfect complement together in the front court. Yeah. And then plus he can learn from Gasol and then potentially move and develop as Gasol retires into the face of the Memphis franchise. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, five, Dallas. I've got the Dallas Mavericks taking Bomba, I do too. number five. Wow, we're five for five. Uh, yeah, we got good taste. Yep. Um, it's almost like we have a shared big board. <laughs> um, I've got Bomba going here. I think, obviously, Dennis Smith Jr. is the point guard of the future. Yep. Bomba's the best prospect still on the board to me. 
I agree. Um, At least he has the least question marks. Yes. There, you could argue maybe Young has such explosive offensive potential. Or Porter before pre-injury. Um, or Porter. Porter, right? Pre-injury, you're talking about a guy who was in the mix for number yep. one. Um, but, you know, and with Harrison Barnes making a ton of money on the wing also. Yeah, he does, it doesn't make I think, a lot of sense. I think, yeah, and I think Bamba's rim protection and ability to, you know, be a real great lob threat in the pick and roll. Yeah, that, those um, and potentially Junior, even stretch the floor. Um, uh, Muhammad Bamba pick and rolls are going to be very fun. Yeah, the athleticism on that team will just be off the charts with those two guys, um, and I think I think that's a pretty easy pick for them yep. too. Magic at six. Got Trey Young. Wow, six for six. Okay, six for Let's six. We did not discuss this nope. beforehand. <laughs> um, all right. Well, for the Magic, I'm I like Young because I still have a lot of faith in Jonathan Isaac. Um, we both he didn't do. get many minutes this year. Yeah, he's hurt. He, I think you right? know he had a lot of injuries. He didn't get minutes, but if you look at it, his defensive production was still fabulous, like everybody thought it yeah. would be. He was like two steals and two blocks per thirty-six, which is absurd. Um, in DRPM, he was like eleventh among power forwards or something like that mm-hmm. as a rookie. As a really as a rookie, really he's at a ton of weight. Yep. Um, shows how much potential he has. He shot 35% from three his rookie year. I'm pretty confident he'll become an above-average three-point shooter in time. Um, and next to him as your other forward, I think Gordon. Aaron Gordon's started to show his two-way potential. Do you think they pay um, Gordon? piece moving forward. I think they pay Gordon. Um, I don't think they can afford to lose him. Um, if they don't, where do you think he goes? Who do you think signs him to that contract he's looking for? It's really that's the thing. I don't know who throws the offer. I would I would say Chicago is the leading favorite. I could see it being Chicago. Nah, I don't have after this draft. I don't have Chicago. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. Let's see. Yeah. All right. Um, but I think if you have Young to kind of orchestrate with those two guys as your forwards who can really run the floor and move in transition and really provide the athleticism that Young lacks to your team. And Vucevic had a good season, too. Um, And you have Young to add that perimeter shooting and playmaking to all those weapons. I think the Magic are actually in an interesting spot to win some games next year if they don't screw it up again. They just need to trade Vuce. He does not fit in the modern NBA anymore. He doesn't fit. Um, but, yeah, I think the Magic have desperately needed a point guard for a long time. As much as Alfred mm-hmm. Payton was the guy, they needed some, like, dynamic offensive threat that they never had. And Young will definitely yes. provide that for all of his faults. He's 100% an offensive weapon. Um, yeah, he's a beast. Okay, Chicago at 7. I guess this is the first time we are going to disagree. Maybe. I have Michael okay, Porter Jr. Okay, so we're at still at 7 oh, for okay. 7. Well, okay, maybe interesting. Do you see Laurie Markkinen as a center? Um, I think it's interesting because he proved that he could rebound. He can't defend the rim yes. at all, which is a No, but he can issue. rebound. But he's proven much to our surprise, at least my surprise, that he could re- his rebounding numbers went up in the NBA. Um, yes. As a, like a very much stretch-the-floor center, I think it's interesting um, it's interesting to give him a look at center. Um, I just think that they could be, in terms of signing Gordon, I think they could just be desperate for like young, marketable talent um, that That's could true. still develop, and they might be betting on Aaron Gordon's defense making up for Laurie Markkinen's weaknesses. 
Um, mm-hmm. But regardless, Michael Porter adds that scoring punch that the Bulls don't really have. Chris Dunn emerged in the second year. He needed the change of scenery. He's strong, but he's not a go-to offensive guy. And Zach Levine mm-hmm. might never be that. And he, otherwise, he's just mm-hmm. a complete negative on defense. So mm-hmm. I would I would bet on a guy who could have gone number one before his injury this year and see what happens. Yeah, I think if you're the Bulls, Porter has so much upside. Um, we didn't. We really didn't see him. No. At Missouri, you know, we didn't see anything, um, and I think, and he came back way too early. Yeah. Um, Are we gonna? I think. I think the combine is gonna guy, be huge for him. Let's see how I he shows so. up on the open floor and the combine. Yeah, um, I think teams are gonna fall in love with his vertical because that boy can fly. Yeah. He couldn't jump when he came back because he clearly wasn't healthy. But look up what he was doing before the injury. He gets up like few players in the world can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think his upside is just so immense that it's really worth taking a shot here because nobody at this point in the board has his potential. Absolutely not. I mean, he really has true star potential. I mean, you could, you could um, argue that Porter has the most talent of anyone not named DeAndre Ayton. You could. That's a valid argument. Um, and I think between him, Levine, and Markinen, you're going to have a lot of shooting, yep. which is a really nice sign. Um, you're going to have Dunn's defense. I don't know how Porter's going to turn out defensively. I think he's got some potential given his height at 6'10 on the wing. Yeah, um, And he's, he's switchable. He can switch around, which gives him he value. He is, but he also seems and very I think disinterested if, all the time on that end. Yes, that's true. Granted, we have, um, we have I think seen that you, it doesn't necessarily mean that, it, that disinterest correlates directly into the NBA, but it's not a good sign. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you add a defensive-minded center to that core, you've got a really nice balance between perimeter shooting and defense, and I kind of like where they're going. Yep. Okay, eight. Cleveland via Brooklyn. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. Eight for eight. Dang. Eight for eight. We might have this whole thing the same. I think after ten is where we're going to differ. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, but yeah, basically my little remark for... Wendell Carter. Imagine if Tristan Thompson was just better at literally everything. It's a good one. Yeah. You know, I mean, give Trish. Yeah. It's like Tristan Thompson with a higher IQ who can actually spread the floor a little bit, who can actually post up a little bit, rebounds, defends. Well, yeah, really he's actually, just, he's just a better um, version of Tristan he's just Thompson. better at everything at yep. everything. Um, I like yeah I like Wendell Carter here because I think he's a nice balance between if LeBron stays he can step in and play right now and be um, valuable and contribute them, yeah. all over the floor and be a plus and I think if LeBron leaves he's still a good prospect moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not a superstar. Good, like you're not you're not no. drafting him to develop into a star. What you're drafting is a guy who will like anchor your team and be either your third or fourth best player for ten years. Yeah, and you'll take. I think his eight. ceiling. Yeah, I think you sold me on the ceiling for him being around an Al Horford, yep. um, yeah. which I didn't see before, but now I'm starting to buy into it. Um, he's, he reminds think, me a lot of Al Horford, actually, now that you yeah, think about it. Yeah, I see it a lot now. Yeah. Um, his ability to really just do everything, and a lot of things that don't show up on the stat sheet, I think makes him really valuable. Yep. Which sounds exactly like something you would say about Al Horford. Um, yeah. Nine, the Knicks. Colin Sexton. Okay, this is our first difference. Oh, interesting. Um, yes, the Knicks need a point guard. However, yes. I don't think they're done on 
Frank, Frankie Smokes. Mm. Um, mm. And because of that, I think they take Michael Bridges because mm. they need wing defense and shooting and someone. And as much as I would love him to fall another pick, I think that because they are going to be too sold on uh, Frank, uh, because they just spent the number nine pick on him last year, uh, they'll pick the best 3 and D guy in the draft. Mm. I have the Knicks going for Sexton because I think Frank might be a playmaking two rather than a true one. Interesting. I think... I think he's a guy who... I mean, I agree, but I don't think the Knicks see it yeah. that way. I'm hoping the Knicks see it that way. Because yeah. um, obviously his size, he's got great length um, for either guard spot. He could even defend some threes, I think, outside of weight issues. Um, also, how sad is it that the Knicks lost Porzingis for most of the year and still ended up picking nine? Yeah, I know. I thought this was their chance to really get a Doncic. Um, but... I think I think that they're I think they see a guy like Sexton and the intensity and the energy that he brings and the fact that he has he has star upside in there absolutely um, which I think you have to get I think they need to gamble on at their guard spot no he could absolutely um, he reminds me of uh, a bunch of guys who I mean he ultimately is your scorer like the Knicks need someone yes. to put the ball in the basket he's your perimeter scorer because Michael Beasley is not that. I'm sorry, no. but he's a veteran minimum bench guy. Not You're talking about Mello. Don't disrespect Mello from the left. That's Mello from the left right oh there. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 28, 2018 Mello, that is. Okay, yeah, um, that's true. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think that he adds that scoring punch. I think that aggression and that energy and passion he plays with would just be so electric in the garden. Absolutely. Um, that I think Dolan... Will pull his put his fingers in there. Um, I think in terms of desires. I think I don't know. I think I think he's a nice fit. You you have a good point. Maybe that they're not totally sold on Frank not being the point guard. Um, but I think Sexton's all star potential. Uh, and I think Frank showed a lot that he can go off ball. Yeah. Um, gives them the sign. He's probably better this off is ball. Actually, probably the better. I think he is. Um, and I think. I think that should. I think this is the best move forward for yeah. them. But I could definitely see them taking McCall. Yeah. I'd agree. Okay, ten Philadelphia via the Lakers. I mean, I've got McCall Bridges here. Yep. Um, I mean, it's an obvious fit. We both love the fit. You you said you know you want him to drop to this yes. spot, obviously. Um, I mean, the fit's just obvious. His flaw in shot creation. It's not as necessary when you have ball-dominant guys like Simmons and Embiid and maybe a LeBron, George, Leonard coming. Plus, if either um, of those three guys go, you can play him at shooting guard or bring him yes. off the bench, and he fits just as well. You can, you can play him at either the two or the three. Um, mm-hmm. You can bring him off the bench. You can start him. He'll, he will fit seamlessly into whatever team he goes to yeah. and be a very solid player for the next 10 years. From day, From day one. one. I would say that he. Yeah, he I would in. say that he could have contributed for any playoff team right now. Like yes. give him to Cleveland, and no he's doubt. instantly the third best player, which is sad about Cleveland. Sean Cleveland. Um, yeah, but yeah, there you go. Um, I have them taking the other Bridges, Miles. Um, yeah. Mostly, I think the Sixers are looking to trade 
Honestly, I think, I so think too. they're trying to get any way to get out of this pick. They don't need it. It doesn't help them in terms of getting a superstar kind of player. Um, especially mm-hmm. if Michael is gone, they're not like. Is there a lot of depth left that they would need? Unless they're just taking a backup. I think they're looking. They uh-huh. would be looking to trade this for pieces. Um, but if not, uh, Bridges is a nice kind of tweener forward guy um, that you could come off the bench and kind of jumpstart your second unit scoring wise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because there isn't there isn't a guy that other than maybe Sexton you would start and because Sexton's still available on my board. Um, yep. But I from Colangelo's exit interview, he's still very sold on Fultz, which I am very happy about. Um, I like that he still believes in Markel Fultz. Um, yep. And I worry that it would kill us, absolutely murder whatever's left of his confidence if you pick another point guard as his essential replacement. I don't think I th- mm-hmm. I think that wouldn't work well. So you probably would take Miles Bridges if Mike of Michael is not available. Agree with that. Um, okay, Charlotte at eleven. I've got Miles Bridges going mm-hmm. here. Um, I think that I don't know what the Kemba Walker situation is. I think they're trying to trade him, but I think even the Hornets don't totally know. I mean, if they take you know, in your board, you still have Sexton yeah. up. I think you take Sexton at this point if he's on the board and you move Kemba Walker finally. See, that's what I think they want to do. Um, Will it happen? I yeah. doubt it. I don't think anyone... I yeah. don't think they... Because while people would want Kemba, they're desperately trying to attach a Batum contract on there that no one's yeah. paying for. No one's paying yeah. the Batum tax for Kemba. Yeah. And I, th- but I think... Um, I think with Sexton off the board, as it is in my mock, I think... You know, I think they still have to have a lot of faith in Malik Monk yep. moving forward. Picked so high last year as your two guard. Kembo's the one. Um, Dwight is Dwight still under contract? Yes. You got Dwight at he's center. Still got, I think maybe a year at twenty million. Yeah, he's making a lot of money. He's gonna play. Yeah. Um, he so, wasn't bad for them know, either. He wasn't bad, and he would have night. It's really just if Dwight wants to play, he's going to be yeah. good again. He had that night when he had 30 rebounds, yeah. just like on whim. Um, I think Miles Bridges is where I have the pick going here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that just kind of he fit, he slots in nicely on the wing. They're a team that wants to probably be back in the playoffs if they're keeping Kemba Walker. Um he doesn't. He can get minutes early for them. He's got experience. He can step in day one. Um, I think they really like that explosive athleticism and punch that he brings and physicality inside, right. next to Walker and Monk, who are total perimeter guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's a nice fit for them. Yeah, I have them taking Kevin Knox, which I think is a little high mm-hmm. for Knox. Mm-hmm. I think he's the all the the three guys I have afterwards. I think are better players. But I think mm-hmm. that Knox is more ready right now. Um, Interesting. And I would just find anyone you possibly can to get Nick Batum out of the starting lineup. Um, mm. And I think he could fit if he develops that shot. He reminds me a little bit of Jason Tatum. He's obviously not as adept offensively, um, which I think could just be the fact that Kentucky doesn't show off its players. Like mm-hmm. Kentucky just recruits all the top players. And it's my flaw with Kentucky basketball. And just shoves them into whatever Cal runs, and it sort of works. Yeah. 
But I think like every player that goes to Kentucky has some sort of aspect of their game that we haven't seen yet. And because mm-hmm. we saw it with Devin Booker, because he, he didn't, we didn't know Devin Booker had that sh- level of shot creation because he didn't do it at K- mm-hmm. Kentucky. You didn't, you yeah. didn't know Anthony Davis had a little bit of a jump shot. You, you never saw it. He was too busy inside protecting the rim. I think like yep. those little bits of things just go unnoticed in Cal's offense, and I wouldn't be surprised if there was a little bit of untapped game in Kevin Knox, um, mm-hmm. whether that's his outside shot or a more adept handle, or maybe even something on defense. Um, so I might, I might take the Kentucky gamble on Kevin Knox. That's fair. I've got him going later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never been too sold on Knox. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll explain that because he is in the lottery for me still. Mm-hmm. Okay. The first Clippers pick from Detroit at 12. I've got, the, I've got um, Lonnie Walker okay. going here. Yeah, the same way that you're not sold on Knox, I'm not sold on Lonnie. I don't have him in the lottery. I think that particularly that last game he played in the tournament with an egregious last minute, is, it very much worries me. I think he has potential. He can, he is, he's an uber-athletic wing who can play defense and shoot the ball which yep. you're betting on a very solid 3 and D guy. I get it. There are just other 3 and D guys that I like a lot more, particularly one who I have just outside the lottery, but I love more than anyone in Melvin Frazier. Love Melvin mm, Frazier. like Melvin Frazier. Big Melvin Frazier yep. fan. Um, but I just think that while the potential's there, I'm worried about what you're getting right now. Mm. Yeah, I think... For me, I see the Clippers kind of in a bit of a rebuild spot. I think that they're paying a lot of money to Tobias Harris and Gallinari. Those guys are going to play at the forwards. I think if anybody's going to get minutes, it's going to be a guard. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they should. I think they need to gamble on some upside here. Um, And I'm generally a big fan of upside. Uh, So I really like Lonnie for that from that perspective, Um, and the fact that they need a guard um, because they have him taking a guard after this as well. I think that given his athleticism, his physical tools, his ability to shoot the ball, he can get to the rim and finish with force. Um, And I think he's shown some shot creation ability. I think he has pretty high upside, but I do agree that there's a very low floor there Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. So I have the Clippers taking Colin Sexton Um, Mm. because they don't right now have a point guard. Patrick Beverly doesn't really count. And... Colin Sexton is just an instantly much better version of Austin Rivers, and he gives yeah. them that fire and that energy and that shot creation that they need at the point guard spot um, and would pair nicely with Beverly. Um, so I just think that's a very strong fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once again, if I had him still on my board, I would I would think he would just, I agree he's a great fit yep. there. Okay. Second straight Clippers pick at 13. I've got shy... Gilgis Alexander, if that's how you say it. I, that's how I say it. I do not have him going there. Yeah. Um, once again, I'm taking upside here from the yep. Clippers. Um, I'm finishing off my backcourt. Now I've got two guys with really nice physical tools. Alexander can be your point guard at 6'6 with a 7-foot wingspan. Um, who Once again, he's shown he can shoot the three. He can handle and distribute the ball pretty nicely. There's a pretty low floor there once again, but I think his upside is a high-end starting point guard. Not a star, but a high-end starting point guard. 
Um, or who, even if he doesn't work out as a point, I think he can become a two, which I think gives him a little bit more wiggle room. Um, and once again, I'm just going potential here. Yeah, I like his potential too. I think if you look back at his games he played in the tournament, he, he showed something that I hadn't seen from him. He looked very consistent, very in control, very, mm-hmm. very dominant. Um, and I was impressed. Um, I have them going uh, Zaheer Smith from Texas Tech. Um, yeah. As also sort of like you're betting on the 3 and D. Well, there's yeah. no more athletic prospect in this entire draft than Smith. Literally no yeah, more. Yeah, he's, he's a stud athlete. Yeah. So you're picking an amazing athlete with good defensive potential who shot well, but on a very, very limited sample size from deep. Mm-hmm. Um, that that would be where I'm, uh, that where I would go with that pick. Yeah, that's fair. I like him a lot. Um, I have him just outside the lottery. Rounding out the lottery with the 14th pick, the Denver Nuggets. This is where I have Knox falling. Okay. Um, the Nuggets have their guard spots for the future filled out. Murray and um, what's his name? Uh, the other, the shooting guard. Um, in, uh, Gary Harris. Okay, yeah. Um, and Millsap finally came back. Um, and you've got Jokic as your four. Yeah, no, this, is a, this is a playoff team. Let's just be real. Yeah, this is this is a playoff team that's really set at one, two, four, and five. The closest thing they have to a hole. It's not a hole, but the closest thing they have to a hole, I think, is the small forward position. Yeah. Um, where I think Knox does have intriguing upside. Um, for them, and they because they're a playoff team, they can be patient with him, and they can really let him take his time and develop. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his potential as a defender is a really nice fit on a team that sorely needs some defense. Yeah, um, and I think his shot creation as a perimeter guy who can go one on one is a nice compliment as well. Yeah, um, I'm taking uh, Shy Gilgius Alexander um, yeah. for the reason that they. As much as Jamal Murray, they're playing him at point guard. He's not the initiator of their offense is Jokic. Um, yeah. And they're just trying to play as many guys as they can, shooters, and around Jokic as they can. Um, I think this finally gives them a point guard that they need, a guy who can actually handle mm-hmm. the ball in space. Um, and I think that his defensive potential fits very well with his large wingspan at 6'6 with a 7-foot wingspan. Um, you mm-hmm. kick uh, Jamal to the two, and you bring Gary Harris off the bench. Um, as much as I think that limits Harris' potential, I think that's ultimately the best move because Knox and Smith are gone, and you're otherwise mm-hmm. you're reaching. Maybe maybe they take Lonnie Walker here. That wouldn't surprise me either. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, so that's the wrap of our lottery mock, um, guys that I think are still available that I've seen mocked in the lottery a lot, Robert Williams, who I just, I just don't really like. He really disappointed me this season. He does nothing for me anymore. I keep seeing him on like the top 10 of big boards and I just don't get it. He's, I don't see that. Um, design and Musa, I like a lot, but he seems like a year away. Yeah. Um, from being ready to tackle an NBA rotation, I wouldn't be surprised if whatever team drafts him puts him, uh, stat, tries to stash him in Europe for a year. Yeah, um, I agree. Melvin Frazier, I love, who I think is worth picking in the lottery, but 
I don't think a lot of teams see him that way. I have him falling to San Antonio, which would be hilarious because that's essentially mm. picking Kawhi Leonard again. Yeah. And I just, especially if like if they deal Kawhi this offseason only to land Frazier, the Spurs win the, the offseason. As mm. much as you can by getting rid of a top five guy, you really almost got his clone. Um, yeah, I think that's interesting. Um, I'm hearing a lot of Jonte Porter buzz as a late lottery guy. I like Jonte Porter. Um, but I've seen him any, everywhere from a late lottery guy to the late 30s, so I really don't know. No, but he there's no consistency on his projection. Yep. Yeah. The numbers love him. I know. Big time analytics guy. Yeah. Um, Less known but more effective at Mizzou, Porter brother, who reclassified. He's one of the yeah. younger guys in the class. Too, which is yeah. another plus. Um, yeah, the one guy I'm very interested in, um, and I think if assuming he's going to the combine, will be very interesting to see there is Bates Dion. Yeah, he is going to the combine. Um, he's at six seven, two hundred thirty five pounds already, and his wingspan is rumored seven, to be four. seven four. That's insane, which is pretty crazy. That's um, wingspan. For the record, yeah, and that's on your way. Yeah. No, he's got serious um, three and D potential and a lot of production. Yeah. I have him falling to Indiana, which I think is a great fit next to Oladipo. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think he's I think he's very much a first round prospect, good three and D potential. I like him too. Yeah, yeah, I like him a lot. I think his combine is going to be very interesting. Absolutely, and just need to see uh, the athletic numbers though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really want and to see that. Spin, I mean, is really it really look. seven four? I got I got to get confirmation on that. I mean, that's It'd be crazy. insane if it was really seven four. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's it for our lottery mock. Um, you got any other draft stuff you want to talk about for now? Obviously, we're going to cover it at, like a crap load for the next month. But um, for now, I think we're good. At least in my opinion. Yeah. Okay, moving yeah. on to the playoffs. Um, playoffs, playoffs. Where do we start? Well, I think we start with the second round series. Yeah. Before we go into the conference finals. Okay. Um, um, and who better to start with than the team that's on your shirt right now? Oh, good. We have to relive this series. Okay. It, I have a sour taste in this my is, mouth. Okay, if you, couldn't, if you didn't know, we were talking about the Sixers Celtics series. Um, this was textbook a too young team to win late. They folded in almost every late game situation that you could have asked for. Yeah. Um, game two, they're up 22 points in the second quarter. Huge run. They couldn't pull it back out. Game three, multiple chances to put the game away. Up five in overtime with a minute left. Um, tie game with 18 seconds left, up by two with 32 seconds left. A lot of mm-hmm. games to, a lot of time to put the game away. They just couldn't do it. And in game five, that game was right down to the wire. They were up by one with 54 plus seconds left. Like that's a game that's yep. very winnable, and they just couldn't get it done. Um, yeah. Uh, the things that stuck out to me during the series, um. How well Tatum played. Tatum's really as, good. 
much as I doubted him coming out of college, he as did I really is putting together something that I didn't think he had, and I'm very impressed. I don't know how much of this is Brad Stevens, um, mm. but I'm still very impressed. Although I still would not do the Fultz trade over again. I love. I still think that that was the right pick and it was the right trade at the time, regardless of what happened. And those Sixers fans out there who want to get rid of Markel Fultz right now because he's a hopeless lost cause bust, the guy's 19 years old. He's 19. He hasn't turned 20 yet. Let's yeah. calm down, I... let him figure himself out, and give him another year. If he is still terrible and can't shoot and has literally no improvement after another year, particularly a whole offseason with NBA coaching, then we can be worried. Until then, let's pump the brakes a little. Yeah, I think with Tatum, the thing is, his three-point shooting this season, he shot 43% from three in the regular season. Which is, Nobody was expecting I that. I it's a serious outlier. He was in 50-plus percent of the all-star so. break. That's not going to happen the rest of his career. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, so he's not really a... I don't think he's a 43% shooter either, to be honest. That's, that's uh, better than Redick. He's not better than Redick. Can he be... Can he be a forty percent shooter? Maybe. I can. I can buy yeah. that. Uh, he's always been a very good free throw shooter. Um, he's defending better than I thought he would. Yep. He had defensive tools at Duke. He didn't really show because them. he was playing it's in a the case Duke of, zone. Yep. And I think this is a case of also Brad Stevens really getting the most out of his guys. Yeah. He's got Tatum really engaged. I think on that yep. end. Um. And he's become a really nice one-on-one defender for a guy his age. Absolutely. Um, for, for Fultz, I agree. I Fultz was the number one pick in the draft. It was almost consensus. Um, Apparently, the only people that didn't think he was was Danny Ainge in the Celtics brass. Yeah, which I still struggle to believe. I think, of course, he's going to say, yeah, I was going to take Tatum number one. I do think it's interesting but, that, that like, the number one pick rarely ever gets traded in the NBA. I mean, the last yeah, time I true. think it happened... Obviously, ignoring the Andrew Wiggins for Kevin Love in terms of like draft mm-hmm. for draft slot, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Weber for Penny Hardaway. That's what I was thinking. Um, yeah, which ultimately ended up working out for both teams. So, well, I guess it didn't really work out for Golden State because they had to trade him to Washington for multiple picks anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But that was mostly because of Don Nelson being a head case and wanting to play Weber at center and Weber being a head case and not wanting to play center. Um, anyway, besides the point. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I still I still really do think Fultz was the best play, talent in that class. I least. agree. And he showed um, it. He had a, and such a nice... Such a nice fit in Philly, and like you're saying, he he ended the season really nicely. I thought for that triple double in what 23 minutes off the bench. Yeah, impressive. Yeah, he's got something. I mean, he's yeah, not worthless. The athleticism is evident. Yeah, the athleticism is clear. He's been good on defense. He's he was distributing the ball and passing very well. I thought he racked up a ton of assists with no turnovers. Yeah. He was never turning the ball over. He was rebounding at a high rate. He can get to the rim pretty effectively. When you consider how easily he got to the rim and the fact that everybody knows he's not going to shoot the ball, um, I think that's pretty impressive in showing just how crafty he is and picking his spots and getting wherever he wants on the court. Um, He just needs that job. The upside with him is still incredibly high. Yep. Um, And if you need any, like, video evidence of that upside, watch that last rebound for the triple-double. My God. Gosh, he got up. He got he got up there for that wow. board. Oh my goodness! That, and then enjoy watching the Sixers players just mob the hell out yeah, of him. Yeah, that's like 
for all the losing culture crap that the bus process people had to deal with. Yeah. Good, good luck with explaining your losing culture. Um, yeah. Okay. That was a beautiful um, moment. Other than that, things that stuck out, Aaron Baines shooting 50% from a three while making more of them than that he's ever taken as a That frustrated me. Interesting. Yeah. Um, that was frustrating. The Celtics as a whole shooting, I think, maybe 85% on contested twos. I remember seeing that stat somewhere. Mm-hmm. Eh. It's just the series was the Sixers lost. I'm not trying to like blame luck or anything, but luck seriously had a part in this. It was an unlucky series for the Sixers because they the Sixers missed all of their open threes too, which could be Brad yeah. Stevens, but I I doubt. I don't know why that would like what the effect is on guys shooting like 20 percent on open to wide open threes. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think it was a combination of the Sixers hurt themselves, and I think the Celtics overperformed a little bit. Um, and I think the two combined in us losing the series in five. Um, but I do think the Celtics deserve to win this series. In I think it should have taken more games because um, I do think there were those factors going both ways. But the Celtics, I think, show they deserve to win because they execute yeah. down stretches. You know, we don't know how to do that yet. Mm-hmm. But this is not over. This does not mean that the Sixers will always lose to the Celtics for the remainder of eternity. No, let's, no, no. It shall not. Let's calm down a little bit. Um, all right. Next. My, just the, the Raptors. LeBron Blow literally up. owns them. The whole LeBronto thing is real. He owns the Raptors. He's in their heads 100%. And yeah. I don't know if that means. I mean, obviously they fired Casey, so and they're looking at Budenholzer. Um, how much he helps? That's a good. I like Budenholzer. I mean, better, I don't, he doesn't get. He's you better than the Casey, hump, but, but he's like not getting over the hump, particularly with yeah. Philly, Boston, and potentially wherever LeBron is on. Also in the East. Yeah, yeah you're not. You don't really have a lot of shots. So I'm, I maybe I'm looking to trade DeRozan. Uh, I'd float. I'd see if I could float a package to the Lakers and try to get Brandon Ingram. I don't think you can. Really? I'd try it as well. You can't get Brandon Ingram out of them. I, I don't doubt think. it. Unless, uh, unless they Kawhi get or something. Yeah, unless they get Kawhi or LeBron or something like that. And LeBron demands another star next to him right now. Yeah. You know. Um, no, they're scared of LeBron James. They have an actual fear of him and because of that that team will never go anywhere yeah uh, i mean you watch them in their post-game press conferences and it's like you know casey was like well we just got the bad draw of playing cleveland like how else are you gonna make the nba finals and plus you know like how is cleveland your team supposed the to be most good vulnerable and beatable it has ever been they were taken to seven yeah. by indiana with a terrible oladipo like, Oladipo was playing yeah. not well in that playoff series. He was, like, 5 of 20 for three of the seven games of the series. He not, he right. was not playing as effective basketball as he usually is, and they still took the Cavs to seven. The Cavs are not a good team this year, and they swept the Raptors. Swept them. I mean, I think, you know, um, I forget who was it who kind of coined the term for calling them this. I think it was Shannon Sharp. Uh, he's been calling them the baby no, dinosaurs. Coward. Is that Coward that who started was, Baby Dinosaurs? I got to give that one to Coward. They're the Baby Dinosaurs. They're not the Raptors. Yeah. They're the Baby Dinosaurs from now on. That, that's how I will address them. Um, they're scared of LeBron James. 
And he knows the ins and outs of that team so well that according to ex-GM David Griffin, he called out their plays and directed them where to go when they would screw up their own their own sets. I mean, he he had the direct quote from David Griffin is I was in the gym when I watched him on the floor against Toronto tell Patrick Patterson where he was supposed to go on the play that they had called out of a timeout late in the fourth quarter. He was like, No Pat, you're supposed to stand over there instead of pin down for DeMar over here. I mean it's just Come on. How can you let that happen? I mean, one part of that is LeBron James is a legitimate savant. He's a, he's a genius. Like the, man's, the man's gifts from the basketball gods. In terms of what God-given talent, I think LeBron James is the greatest of all time. Doesn't make him the greatest player. But in terms of God-given talent, I don't think anybody has ever matched what he's no. had. In terms of mind plus body. Um, but, like, as a coach, you can't let that happen. You know, mm-hmm. a guy can't know your sets this well. It's it that it just shows you're not adjusting to anything, and he's just in your head, and you're just letting it happen. You know, and they're like they're they're content with it. You know, I remember Lowry and DeRozan after the playoffs last year. They just kind of after they lost to LeBron, they're like, well, you know, he's the best player in the world. What are you gonna do? Like, what kind of what team has ever done that? I I don't know. I it's just absurd. I it's I, sad. The baby dinosaurs. Yep. Um. So, a little bit moving on, because the Western semifinals was a lot less interesting. That Pelicans-Rockets series was never going to do anything. Um, never. The Jazz-Warriors series was never going to do anything. Yeah, we all knew what yeah, was happening. This, was, this, this matchup in the Western Conference is inevitable. Now it's... And it's, and it's the fight for the championship. Whoever wins this is the NBA champion. Pretty much. Because yeah. if the Celtics make it to the finals, they're getting swept. I'm sorry. I don't yeah. care how good Brad Stevens is. They're getting swept. At some um, point. It's got to stop. And maybe LeBron can steal the game again but against either team. But it's, this is the championship here. At the same time, yeah. is it even possible for the Rockets to win the series? I don't think so. Golden State, after that first game, I always had Golden State winning the series if Curry was yeah. healthy. Um, but after that first game... This might be the gentleman's sweep. We're out in five. Because, Man, I, don't I mean, not only are we going back to Golden State soon, but they Harden dropped 40-plus on them, and it did nothing to Golden State. They were calm, and they just ran them out of their own gym, I thought. Yep. And Durant proved why he's the second-best player in the world. Yeah. I mean, just easy 37. Yeah, I... No, and he barely scored in the fourth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a cakewalk that whole game for him, I thought. Um, Curry didn't have a night. Draymond didn't have a night. I don't think the bench had a night. And they still put up 119 points. And they still put up 119. Easy, I thought. I mean, they just looked so comfortable in the flow of their offense. Nothing was forced. And, I mean, to be fair, you go down that team on paper, you know, and, like, outside of center with Clint Capella, Golden State is better at every position. Mm-hmm. Curry's better than Chris Paul. Durant's, I mean, if you want to put Durant and Harden against each other, Durant's better than Harden. Thompson's better than, than Eric Gordon. Or Ariza. Or Ariza or Eric Gordon. Um, Draymond's better than Ryan Anderson, you know? Yeah. Uh, you're just stuck with... And then Capella, I think, has an advantage. He's going to get a max contract this summer, yeah. probably. 
Um, if this is not with the Rockets, that's, well, yeah, that's, that's the thing. other thing with the because Rockets chasing LeBron, like everyone says they are. I'm legitimately wondering how that's even possible with their cap because what no one's considering is everyone loves to hear to hear the whole thing about uh, LeBron joining Chris Paul and James Harden to form the big three right. to challenge the Warriors. Now, you look at that and you look at the fact that the Rockets could potentially have thirty plus million in cap space. And you go, oh, this is how they're going to do it. They can clear that extra cap space and sign LeBron. The things that need to happen for them to get that 30-plus million in cap space. Waive Chris Paul's cap hold, which is $39 million. Meaning you sign LeBron, yeah, and then you can't sign Chris Paul unless he wants to play for like a mil- the vet minimum. Which he doesn't. I'm sorry. Chris Paul's not playing yeah. for the vet minimum. So... Since you're not going to... They need to finesse insane trades. Since you're trades not going to do that, you that have happen. to find takers for Ryan Anderson, Eric Gordon. Mm-hmm. You have to lose mm-hmm. Clint Capella. Yep. And you have to f- sign, fill out the rest of your entire roster with vet minimums. With, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what kind of team is that around them? You're trying to fight Golden State in their own conference. It, that's just not smart. Yeah, so... If it was in the East, maybe I could understand the gamble because, you know, you come up against a Golden State that's already tired. Maybe they've gone through three rounds to make the finals. You've coasted your way through the East. You're rested. Yeah. Not, that's not cutting it if you have to play them just to make it there. Yeah. You're not finding enough vet minimum guys to make a difference. So yeah. I, I, this LeBron to Houston talk should be put to bed unless the collection of Chris Paul and LeBron are okay making $20 million plus a year. Just like each right. twenty million a year, maybe probably less. Yeah, probably maybe like fifteen million a year each to keep that yeah. core intact, which they won't do. They just won't do it because um, it doesn't make feasible sense. Why? It doesn't. Not when there are other options for LeBron. So easy to go yeah. to. Um. So unless something dramatic happens, I don't think they can beat the Warriors. Yeah. No. Warriors. I got Warriors in five. Gentlemen, yeah. sweep. Um, and then we have Celtics, Cavs. Um, this is the battle of LeBron versus Brad Stevens. Yeah. Brad Stevens in an actual team. Because LeBron doesn't. This isn't yeah. a team. I mean, Cavs. the other thing that has been lost since the second round series, it's the praise for Brad Stevens has gotten way ridiculous. Like, I mm-hmm. saw something on Twitter that was, if you could have any player in the NBA or Brad Stevens to start your team with, who would you take? And 38% of people picked Brad Stevens. Oh, Jesus. Over LeBron, Durant, Harden, Westbrook, Anthony, Anthony Davis, Davis. <laughs> Embiid, Simmons, Mitchell, any of the oh young guys. Oh, my God. Giannis. Giannis. Kawhi, oh my goodness! Any of those guys, oh my, and they picked oh Brad Stevens. Oh my Steven. goodness! Okay, I'm sorry. Brad Stevens is not worth any of those guys. He's not. No, he might be the best coach in the NBA. Maybe it's conceivable. I think he's the second coming of Greg Popovich. Mm-hmm. But no, no, <laughs> no, guys, come on. Let's be realistic here. It's no, that's that's stupid. He's not that. He's not that good. No coach. No coach is, is worth that. No coach is worth that. It's impossible for a coach to be worth that. Yeah. Um, so, but the thing that always been getting overlooked a little bit is how well this Boston team's playing together. 
Yes. They, they've all come out of the woodwork and put together something special. Jalen Brown has had some good games. Tatum's had some good games. Rozier mm-hmm. has been incredible in the fourth quarter. Aaron Baines decided he wanted to start shooting threes. Al Horford is doing things that makes him make him worth the, the max contract they're paying him. Their bench has yep. been playing solid. Marcus Morris has done an incredible job on LeBron. They have pieces here. They really do. And as much as, like, everyone loves to say, oh, they're going to get Kyrie and Gordon Hayward back next year, and then they're going to be unstoppable. Well, more minutes for Gordon Hayward and Kyrie mean less for Rozier, who is the best fourth-quarter player not named LeBron in these playoffs, and Tatum slash Brown, who have both been very good and incredible. Otherwise, you're playing less minutes to a guy like uh, Morris or Baines, who is, Morris has been doing a good job in LeBron. Baines is your answer to Embiid. It's... Yeah, you're better, but you're not as much better as people think. It's not just like they're adding two all-stars. Oh, no. It's yeah, how much no. production are they really it, getting here? And I think a lot of what we're seeing, too, is it's a, this is a system offense at work, right? We see how Greg Popovich wins games with nobody on the team because they play a great system offense. You'll see the Spurs. I remember the reason why teams started getting fined for resting players was when Popovich rested Kawhi, Duncan, Ginobili, and Parker against the LeBron James Miami yeah. Heat in Miami, and I think he still yeah, won the game. the game. They won the game. Like these people, like Stevens and Pop, when they institute their system, they can find a high level of success with any players in the system. They can become a fifty-ish win team with anybody. There, the Spurs had nobody this season, and they still won forty-seven in the West and made the playoffs. Um, you know, I think, and I think because like, and you saw when they would slot Tim Duncan back in. Sure, they were better, but it's not like oh, you just magically added a top ten player of all time. You're going to be exponentially better. No, they go back into the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it'll be interesting. Do you have the series going more than six? I um, I have no idea what to say about this series because a part of me still has blind faith in LeBron James and that he's going to pull this series out at least as far as he can. Um, but man, I see the Celtics are up ninety five eighty nine right now with four and a half minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. They might go up two zero. Six sounds reasonable if the Celtics win this one. Yeah. Um. I'm six or seven. Mm-hmm. I'm really split on this series. I really don't know how this is going to go. Yeah. I don't know either. I'd say Cavs and seven, but I don't know. I don't know. I think if it goes to seven, I got Cavs. If it's six, I got Boston, which probably doesn't make sense considering that seven's in Boston. But I think come a game seven, LeBron would take over. Yeah. He did. He, he won a game seven in the finals against Golden State. In Golden yeah, State, I think I'm getting. Yeah, and I think at some point the the pressure is going to get to these young guns eventually, and his his presence will just dominate the court. Okay, last topic of the day: Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi popping up in the news even more recently. It seems uh, he was spotted at uh, Dodgers was it game. a Dodgers game, not even Angels, Dodgers. No, that's more important. Uh, yes, because guess who owns um, the Dodgers? Magic. 
Mad Irvin Magic Johnson himself. Yep. Um, but people always forget Pop's rule is he does not trade within the conference. He's not going to trade Kawhi Leonard to a team that would play him in the playoffs. Yep. It just he wouldn't do it. They'd have to throw an absurd package, I think. For they them, don't for have them to the package. That move. They don't have it. It's not there. I think you'd have to. I mean, it's there, but not realistically. I mean, there. like you're you're, like, you're floating out Ingram. You can't you, you can't trade ball. random. It's like Ingram Ball and like two firsts, unprotected. Yeah. yeah, for Pop to be willing to trade within conference. Yeah. Like that's what you're talking because he's adamant. And Pop, he sticks to his guns. If he says it, he's gonna stick to it. Um. But in the case of him coming east, you know, now you start looking at Philadelphia, start looking at Boston, um, which I think are the two best suitors right now. Boston has the Um, assets, but I don't think the reasonable place to put him. Yes, I don't think Danny Ainge pulls trig. I think that um, the way that the deal would be shaped, a lot of the ways that I'm seeing, which involve Gordon Hayward. That makes sense. um, just just sound fishy to me if I'm San Antonio. What happened the last time when somebody traded for an injured Celtic, Isaiah Thomas? You know, Danny Ainge knows the health of these guys. That was a pretty gruesome injury to Hayward. I mean, it took him the whole season, and he's not back. Um, yeah, no, I wouldn't. I'm not dealing for Hayward. No. I mean, he's going to bounce back at age, like, 29 for my team on a contract that lasts like three or four more years of max money to clog up my cap space. Yeah, no. Imagine if he doesn't come back, I'm screwed. If I'm trying to rebuild, the 29-year-old's not going to do it. If I'm San Antonio, I need Tatum, Brown, guys like that yeah. to come back to I me. Need more than um, the, I don't I, think Danny I would, Ainge... Would you take Kawhi for Tatum in the Memphis pick? If you're San Antonio, you just yeah. get the Memphis pick and Tatum. That's it. Yeah, I think I would. What's the protection on the Memphis pick? Uh, top three. No. Yeah, I think. I, yeah, I would. You would. Yeah, maybe, maybe just a little more, but I would. I don't need a lot more. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of Philadelphia, the trades that I keep hearing floated around start making no sense to me. I think people aren't realizing the fact that like Kawhi legitimately does not want to play in San Antonio anymore. At least that's all the indication yes. that we're getting. Yeah, the because Spurs it's really not don't just have like you're trying to trade for Kawhi Leonard, the all-star. It's that you're trying to trade for Kawhi, the disgruntled all-star. Um, yeah. Because ultimately he could just decide, you know what, my quad's still hurt, and just not play a whole of next year. Yeah. Um, and then just be a free agent. So I don't think that would, like, kill him. Um, and are, if, are you the Spurs? Do you just want to wait and lose Kawhi for nothing? Um but the trade that I keep hearing from Philadelphia is Fultz, Dario, and two first-rounders, which is way too much. Uh, that's too much. Um, I would trade Dario Covington and two first-rounders. I think, I think Fultz is the guy who parts in this deal um, if it's going to get done. I think that— See, I don't think so. And this is my, all of my reasoning here is based off of the Colangelo exit interviews. The three guys that he mm-hmm. mentioned are the cornerstones of this team are Embiid, yes. Simmons, and Fultz. No yeah. mention of Dario. That's so true. So I think that he, like, in terms of what he'd be willing to trade, I think he'd be more willing to trade Dario. Mm. I think if I'm the Spurs, I'm not budging if I'm not getting Fultz. Um, I, if I'm the Spurs and I'm starting a rebuild, I'm getting 
last year's number one pick in the draft, who a lot of people thought was maybe the best guard prospect of this decade. You hand the Spurs a guy who was named Kawhi Leonard, who was the 14th pick in the draft, who was maybe a defender who couldn't shoot the ball, and they turned him into the third best player in the NBA by age 24. Yeah. Right. This is the player development gods, right? Chip England, Greg Popovich, this is it. The guys who taught Kawhi how to shoot. What does Markel Fultz need? He needs to learn how to shoot. If you put him in their hands, we may see superstar Markel Fultz come yeah. back and just demolish the NBA as a James Harden who can play defense. Yeah, no, that like that's um which is why if I'm the Sixers, I'm one hundred percent doing everything I can to not do that. And my justification is I understand Kawhi is one of the top five players in the league, but yeah. I can sign LeBron or Paul George and not have to give up Fultz. So if I have here's, to give up Fultz to get Kawhi, I'm not going to do it. Here's the interesting bit. I, th- I think the deal that would have to happen is Fultz, Covington, Lakers pick. Mm-hmm. Um, now the interesting bit that happens here is if I move those three pieces... And I stretch or move Bayless. Um, Bayless. I have money to sign Paul George. Mm-hmm. And this is why I think it's interesting. Because now, yeah, I had to lose Fultz in the deal. I can have Leonard and Paul George. Yeah, but then, yeah, then you're looking at because Simmons, if I had Kawhi, Leonard, Paul George, and Embiid. Yeah, and Sark. Do you start Sark? Do you start Cove? I think I start. I, I've got Cove moving in the deal. Oh right, yeah. So, um, I think you sign. Do you resign Redick to a vet? I, I try something? to resign Redick. He, he can get about four or five million. Oh, yeah, he's on the mid-level um, on a mid level exception. Um, and I mean, because if I've got those five guys, my smallest player is Kawhi Leonard now in yeah. my lineup. I've got because if I add Kawhi Leonard. Because think about it, we are enticing to Paul George now. Yeah. If I have Kawhi Leonard, I think we have to be the far and away favorite for Paul George. Um, like, I think if I'm Paul George, it's not even a question. Like, I was thinking about joining Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. I can join Ben Simmons, Kawhi Leonard, Joel Embiid. Like, that's it. It's a wrap if I'm Paul George. Yeah. And then um, you're looking at a potential four all-star lineup for years to come. Yeah, I mean, you've got, not only that, those are four all-stars, three of whom can be superstars. One is a superstar, and Bede and Simmons can very easily and soon become superstars. Um, you've got four, those four guys can all be all-defensive first yeah. team. Imagine the defense. And the, um, the length to bother Golden State. Like, that team matches up so absurd. well. The, only, like, the difference you've is got, you don't have anyone to guard Steph. Um, right, which but I think you can smother him with those guys. I mean, you ultimately, know? that's like, oh, no, I have to throw Kawhi Leonard on staff. Right. I, I think if you rotate between Paul George and Ben Simmons and Kawhi Leonard, because, like, they'll get tired maybe chasing around a point guard. So, so you, you just rotate him around on him, and TJ gives him hell for 10 minutes. Um, you can smother him with length, because if you put that length on him, he's going to struggle to get the shot off. You know, I mean, the whole thing with Curry is just don't let him get that shot off. You've got Embiid standing at the rim if he blows by you yeah. somehow. You know, just don't let him get that shot off. Good luck getting that shot off against three guys with seven foot plus wingspans. Mm-hmm. The wingspans in that the size of that starting lineup would be six ten Simmons, seven foot wingspan, six nine George, like a seven one wingspan, mm-hmm. I think. 
6'7 Kawhi, 7'2 wingspan. 6'10 Sarek, 6'11 wingspan, yeah. let's say. I've never seen a measurement. He's, he looks about proportional. Yeah. Um, and 7'2 Embiid, 7'7 wingspan. I don't even know what that. It was 7'5 when he was 7 feet tall. Yeah. So it's safe to assume that wingspan's around 7'7. The smallest wingspan is 6'11 on the court. Yeah. I mean, it's absurd. You've now got shooting in Leonard, who was a 45% three-point shooter, George, who's 40%, Sark's 40%, and Embiid's a big who can stretch the floor. So you've got shooting Plus, all around Simmons. Simmons. to develops jump shot. Maybe. At that point, you don't even need it. <laughs> I mean, you've got the perimeter shot creation in George and Leonard. Those are guys who can get their own shot. You can bang in the post with Embiid. You can run in transition. You've got passers and Simmons and Sark who really want to distribute it, and Leonard's a willing ball mover. And George can play make out of the pick mm-hmm. and roll. That team literally has everything. The only weaknesses that I would see from that would be, one, bench. You need to find guys that would c- contribute on a minimum salary slash draft picks. It helps that mm-hmm. you're picking 26. Um, yep. But, um, okay, so you're looking at uh, vet minimum guys and TJ. Um, and your MLE, which I think could be JJ yep. Redick. Um, and I th- yeah, I think that's re- I think that's a really interesting team. I mean, you could yeah. ultimately Sarge would have to walk. You couldn't pay him later, um, and you'd be deep in the luxury tax for uh, paying all of Kawhi, Paul George, Simmons, and Embiid. You'd mm-hmm. have to be willing to pay the luxury tax. You got to be willing to pay that money. But man, that's, that's a team. That's that team beats Golden State. That, I that think that team totally could be Golden State. Golden State. Um, Immediately, that team's that team. I think is a dynasty. One hundred percent, because those yeah. they're, they're two arguably the two best players on that team would be under twenty five. Right. I mean, assuming you, would, I mean, Kawhi would be better than Simmons right away, but in the in long, the long run, run. Two, your two best players are 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 both under twenty five, and then yeah. you have no guys on the team over thirty. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. absurd. It's absurd, I think. And you could fill out the bench nicely, I think. You know, TJ's great, I think, for your backup point guard spot. He had a great Which series. Which is only going to be one against more year because he's going to sign a solid contract with some other team. Yeah, but, you know, for next yeah. year, when we get our, when they get their chip. <laughs> um, you know, you've got Redick backing up at the two, I think, on a mid-level yeah. exception. I think you can buy him in with that kind of team, especially with the $23 million they gave him this year, which I think here. was... He wants to play here, and I think that $23 million this year was uh, under-the-table handshake of you're going to get paid less next year so we can sign a free mm-hmm. agent. Um, Justin Anderson's already committed. I think he's a decent backup three, maybe. He's continuing to develop. Nerland's Noel, of energy. backup center for the vet minimum. <laughs> Nerland's Noel. That would be so um, That would be hilarious. That would be great. Full circle. Bring back Okafor and Noel. <laughs> um, make them the backup 4-5. Force them to play together. Do we have again. the Okafor-Noel no. debates again? <laughs> oh, man, that would be great. Um, I think I think there's a chance you could bring back Ursan Ilyasova. For the minimum? On a min- from the minimum. Yeah. Um, well, the thing is, you can sign Paul George, and you have about, like, 3-4 million still on the cap, mm-hmm. I think. Um and then you'd have to use your MLE. So you could give Ilyasova three, four million. Um, he only made six this and then year. The MLE. And then MLE Redick. And then maybe you get Amir Johnson comes back on a vet minimum. Um, who knows what you've got coming back at center? Yeah. Um, Holmes is team option. You know, Rashawn Holmes maybe. 
Um, you've got Corkmaws hanging around on yep. the wing and TLC. still. And TLC. And your first um, round pick this year. And your first round and pick. And your th- four got, second rounders. And Jonah Bolden. And your fourth. You've got, yeah, Jonah Bolden as my power forward. I love Jonah yep. Bolden. Um, I, had Jonah, they, they, I think lo- they can build out a decent bench. I had Jonah Bolden in the top ten of my board last year. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sleep. Uh, I love Jonah Bolden. Oh, man, that's my guy. All right. I think we talked about enough Sixers. <laughs> yeah, we have. I, I'm sorry. I get, I get so caught up in that because the potential is just yep. so beautiful. Um, all right. Uh, so uh, that's probably it for today's podcast. Um, so we are trying to get more contact out to you guys now that school has ended. Um, and, and the lottery finally ended. happened. Um, it's hard to do mocks with no yep. lottery. So we'll be getting stuff out to you guys in a short time. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Duo Draft Site. Check out the website at duodraft.com. Um, Facts. Follow me on Twitter. Um, True. I think I'm at jbid7650. Um, I do a whopping nothing, but I would move over um, some of the tweets I have on our account into mine uh, to stop flooding you guys with our account tweets that are literally just my point of view on everything. Um, you got anything to plug, Jake? Nah, I'm I'm not a plug. I'm just the handler. Any you know philosophical questions for the day? Mm. Have I asked the people their opinions on cereal being a soup? Yes. I have. If you don't believe cereal is a soup, then how do you treat oatmeal? Hmm. I hate oatmeal, just for the record. Oatmeal's wonderful. How oh, dare you? No, it's disgusting. Oatmeal's great. Oh, my goodness. I guess that's that's the philosophical question. Is oatmeal good? That's the question. Oatmeal, yay or nay? There you go. Respond underneath the in the comments of this podcast. Is oatmeal good? Is oatmeal good? All right. Peace. Peace.